Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's your boy Johnny Bananas, and I'm going to be covering a brand new season of The Challenge USA on CBS that, of course, I will be completely dominating on my podcast, Death Taxes and Bananas, on the Ringer Reality TV podcast. Head over to that feed and follow us on Spotify so you never miss an episode. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome to Food News. I'm Juliette Littman. My name's Jacoby. Let's put 30 minutes on the 30 clock. 30 minutes. Jacoby. Mm-hmm. Lots of stories that I have many takes on today, and we are beginning... Let's get them all. ...with Burger King. Burger King, along with McDonald's and Wendy's, but in separate lawsuits, they are all being sued because... The class that is suing them claims that the actual Whopper is smaller than the Whopper that is depicted in all of the marketing and promotional materials. Um, mm-hmm. And so people are seeing are seeking financial uh, recompense for this. So the first thing which to mind was this. Can you sue the guy on Hinge for not being 6'1"? He's actually 5'11". <laughs> I don't know. Everyone would be really exactly. It's like, yeah. Guess what? The the stuff in the commercials doesn't look like the stuff in the store. We all know that. Like, we're working under that assumption, right? Of course, it doesn't look the same. It's like every time you buy a cookbook, are you able to recreate what you see on the cover? Great question. (laughs) Can't tell you how many times I've looked at the recipe online. Be like, this. This looks awesome. um, uh, Oven baked fried chicken looks crispy and amazing, and then it comes out like a like a dish rag that's soaked in dish soap. (laughs) That sounds gross. Yeah. So. My first thought was, well, I order a Whopper Jr. anyway. I don't want a full-size Whopper, so I don't give a shit. It's, just like, very, it's a very sort of nihilistic, Juliet-focused way to look at the world, but continue. <laughs> and then I was thinking about, you know, the great ice cream take of 2023, and I was like, yeah, almost all food is too big, so it's fine if it's smaller. Like, I, I like this. Let's just accept it as it is. The Whopper is great. I remain a fan of Burger King. This does not change anything for me. Um... And yeah, I mean, like all of those stories that you see about like, I left a McDonald's patty 
on like on the shelf for two years and nothing changed. She's like, yeah, we're aware. It's yeah. not the healthiest thing. It's, it's one thing if you find like a rat foot in your Whopper. Like I Did get you have that. To go there? Sue away. Sue away. But if you're like, this doesn't look as good as the picture on the wall. Like what were you expecting? So the official food news stance is um, lawsuits that involve health and, and food safety. Okay. Yes. Lawsuits that are related to marketing? No way. No okays. Yeah, it's just a no. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the next story, um, which is about cheese. Mm. It's about blue cheese. The mm-hmm. most expensive blue cheese. A new record has been sold at auction. Is it just expensive blue cheese or is it cheese? Um, I think it is the most expensive cheese, yes. and it happens to be a blue cheese. Yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, so I'll make sure we're on the same page. There, it was sold at auction for 30,000 euros to the man who previously bought the former most expensive blue cheese, blue cheese, at auction. Yes, Ivan um, Suarez. Ivan Suarez. You looked him up. I did. I found him, but it was, it was it was on Facebook. I need to sign up for Facebook. I don't have a Facebook page. It was in Spanish. It was a lot. A lot of Ivan Suarez is out there, but I found the man, and he is the previous owner of the most expensive wheel of cheese, and then he topped himself. It's like Steph Curry when he breaks another three-point record. Sure. It's just like, yeah, you're just beating yourself. Like This is kind of unnecessary. But I, I love the reason why he bought the cheese is because um, he just loves the process of the cheesemakers. He's- and he respects them so much that he pays $32,000. First of all, my first take was, shout to the American dollar, by the way. <laughs> 30,000 euros used to be like 60,000 American dollars. Now it's 32,000 American dollars. I Look know. at us. Go USA. So, quite quite sad for the euro, but I hope everyone's doing okay. Um, I was really intrigued at the way in which this uh, cheese is made. Mm. It is. It ages. It's a mixture of either cow's milk or cow's goat and sheep. And then it ages in a cave. At 44 degrees Fahrenheit. Yes. At first, I thought that was Celsius, and I was like, holy shit, that's so hot. And then I realized it had already tra- it had already translated it to, transferred it to Fahrenheit <laughs> good, for me, good, even though good. it was in Spain. Yes, Yvonne Suarez does not speak Fahrenheit. <laughs> but they, uh, I've told, my French teacher told me this in like seventh grade. He's like, they discovered cheese by putting bags of milk in a cave by accident. Oh, interesting. I never knew yeah, that. That's put, disgusting. Yeah, I don't believe him. Because I think there's like cultures and other ingredients involved, but I do think that that cheese there's like a there's a legend that cheese was discovered by a farmer just like oh where should I put this bag of milk, put it in this cave, and all of a sudden turned into cheese. Wow, interesting. But if I saw cheese for the first time, I would not digest it. I'd be like that is so gross. Yeah, that I'd be like milk. that's mold. Yeah, I'd be like, no that, thanks. That, that liquid has turned into a solid. I will not eat it. This is totally coincidental, but I've had a couple of occasions where that process of making cheese has come up, and I swear to God, like. A week plus ago, I thought to myself as I was just sitting on the couch, I wonder how they make cheese. I should look into that. So now I'm learning. Um, after it ages in the cave, then they den- then have to transport it in like a very complicated way out of the cave after it's been there for eight months. Um, and it is taken down the mountain by foot to the nearest road where it's sold for 30 to $35 uh, for two pounds. Very expensive cheese. Wait, 30 to $35 for two pounds? Yeah. No. You don't think that's a lot? The guy just paid $32,000 for what looks like half a pound. I think he got more than that. Okay, I hope so. <laughs> In the picture, it didn't look like that much. I think he got more. But okay. Maybe it's... Because $35 okay. for two pounds is not bad. That's like boar's head level. Jacoby, you're right. It was a 4.8 4. pound wheel. Okay, okay thank so you. So he paid a lot more. Yes. Sheesh, bad deal. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to a, two TikTok stories that I wanted to discuss with you. One is a woman who went to Golden Corral for 12 hours. So I hadn't really known anything about Golden Corral. I'd seen a sign, but you introduced it to me on this podcast. We've covered it several times mm-hmm. on the pod. This gal went to see how long she could stay. 
and she stayed for 12 hours. She was really proud of herself for staying for 12 hours, but I had two notes specifically about Golden Corral that I wanted to share with you. I'd love to hear them. One, she kept showing this, like, cake that looked really good. Nothing else looked appealing to me, but she there was, like, a, a white frosted cake that looked so delicious. I'd really like to try that. Okay, or, great or, note. Thank don't you. Don't know if it caught your eye. Then number two... The staff of the Golden Corral that she went to seems really nice and like really lovely. They're like, hey, we need to move the tables instead of kicking them out, kicking her out. She just like helps move the table. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was wild. And I'd say that it's regional. Like Golden Corral is a regional restaurant and they tend to be nicer where Golden Corrals are. Oh, interesting. Where are they in the South? Yeah, like South and Midwest. Gotcha. Okay. Um, interesting. I don't think of the South as like a nice area, but the Midwest I do. So I, I so kind of never heard it. the two words Southern hospitality next to each other. I have, but I don't take it literally. Okay. So. It's, it's just a famous phrase that's known throughout the land. Yeah. It's from east to west and north to south. show starring yeah. Leva. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real thing. Um, those are my notes on the Golden Corral 12 hour affair. What'd you think? Um, for me, what it sounds like is a food challenge, but it's really like a boredom challenge. Totally. I'm like, what did you bring up? I'm, I'm not worried about like, how much food can I consume or am I going to be hungry or are they going to bother me? It's more just like just the sort of marathon of nothingness. Because mm. at some point, I would, I would, it's like going camping, but like bringing all the comforts of home. It's like I would go to the Golden Corral and I would have like Netflix downloads and like my book and I'd make a couple phone calls and have some Zoom calls. Booked, sure. And I'd fill the day. It'd be an day. office. Yeah. yeah. But like the idea of just sitting there and kind of like staring at the walls is, is harder. Well, than anything else. I didn't think it was a food challenge. I think she was like challenging the restaurant yes, to be that's like, what it seemed like, make me leave or like, will I be made to leave? And and so I thought she was trying to like make a point about if she could stay all day, if it really is one fee. You, you and the can. answer is yes. Yes, you can. Especially hours. if you're nice and especially if they're not that busy. <laughs> she had a very pleasant tone in her she TikTok did, right? video. Yeah, like yeah. If she was a jerk, they probably would have said something. But like, if, there get were, out of here. if there were people waiting for tables, they probably would have said something. But there's like, there's no downside to her being there if you're the staff or the manager. She also did one thing that is like, shouldn't be that notable, but I just want to say good job by her. And by the way, her, her name is Madison and the videos on her account, Ugg Madison. Um, she tipped her waitress when her shift was ending, even though she wasn't leaving. I do that all the time. Yeah, of course. It's the proper thing to do. It sucks if you don't. I'm glad that she did. Thank you, Madison, for setting a good example in your viral video. Great job, man. Next viral video is about a woman who ordered a tuna dish. She was told it is not tuna tartare, but well, it's like tuna tartare. Let me see. She's a, a realtor. I know this because I've watched every one of her TikTok videos. Sophie Bogleman is her name. Yes, and she's Canadian, which is also important. Okay. And is it? it is for another video that I'm going to discuss in a second. Okay. And um, she was in between showings. She wanted to say that. She's very busy. She lives in Toronto. She's a realtor in Toronto. In between showings, she sat down in a restaurant. She wants something quick and something light. So she sort of suggested tuna tartare to the server, I believe. And then the server was like, oh, we have something very similar to tuna tartare. It's raw tuna dip. I don't think she said it's raw tuna. I think she said it's tuna in a can. No, no, no. That's what the result was. Oh, yeah. But the server was like, we have like a tar- a, like a raw tuna-like tuna tartare. I'm not sure she said raw. Are we sure? I am positive. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm whatever. Maybe it happened. Maybe it didn't. <laughs> Saying I'm positive is a bit of a leap. But it, it was discussed. Raw tuna was discussed before the, the order came. And then when the order came, what was it? It was a tin of tuna with a side of potato chips. Were you suspicious about it being real? No, because tinned fish is incredibly trendy right now. Like incredibly trendy. Really? Yeah. Like I went to this new wine bar in my neighborhood 
And like they have a whole tinned fish menu and it does come with chips that you can eat it with. Interesting. So like like that is actually a dish and it leads into another story, which there is now an entire like tin sardine store in Times Square that is also a tin fish store. And so I think this is actually like a trendy food that you would get at like a Top Chef bodega themed Uh, restaurant. This is why I thought it was fake because it wasn't just still in the tin. The tin top was rolled open mm-hmm. in that like Looney Tunes like yes. look we found Jerry inside of the sardine can style and I was like anyone who was trying to perpetrate this as some sort of like gourmet dish would remove the fish from the tin and try to dress it up a little bit with some parsley and then serve it to you but as you noted maybe they're just wildly on trend I think it is super trendy maybe I think it, I think this is the server's fault of like not being clear about what yes, it is. Yes. And then it would have been okay. But I literally just ordered sardines that came with a side of potato chips. Yes. Also, quick side, um, my son Quincy loves sardines and mm. makes sardine sandwiches like for years. It's one of the weirder things about him, but I guess he's right on trend as well. He is. And it's pretty, it is like a real thing. I When I was in Sweden earlier this year, I went to a department store and like the fanciest department store in Stockholm. And then like the the ground floor level, they had an entire section of like tinned fish. Like it's a thing. Wow. And also I have to say, Alison Roman, the, um, co- the, yep. the cook, she's like very early to like this tinned fish trend. She certainly didn't invent it. Tinned fish has been a long, around a long time, but I think she kind of contributed to mainstreaming it the way that it currently is. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to tinned fish. Tin. I like tinned fish. Well, it's cheap. It sits for a long time. And it's it pretty good. good for you. Yeah, it is like a good option. I'm a big in it. water, not oil person, though. I don't yeah, like this it when was it's cl- super oily. Well, this woman order was clearly an oil. Yes, I do not like that. And the trendy way is an oil. I know. I do not like that. Okay, so you won't be ordering it. No, I will not. Did you want to mention another fish? No, I wanted to mention the fact that one of her videos was like, can your landlord raise your rent with anything they want? And I was like, yeah, they did that to me last year. And she's like, no, they can't. Unless the first advocates were after... 2018. Well, that's probably they can't true. Do that. It's true of Toronto. That's what I said. And then I looked at where she is. She's in Canada. I was like, well, that doesn't help. It's a completely different country. That's on you. Okay. That has nothing to do. I'm just with mad her. at her. You're still not over it, huh? Miss, no, no, no. Miss no, Battery no, Park. No, no. Yes. I miss Battery Park a lot. I understand. It's a very lovely place. It is. Um, all right. Let's move on to just what I wanted to mention. And I alluded to there is now a large store in Times Square. Which I have to say, this makes it like national news, not hyper local news, just yes. to be clear, because <laughs> it's in Times Square. Which well, I, everything in Times Square is a national it's not chain. Not for New Yorkers. Yes, it's exactly. For everyone it's else. not. It's not it's, like mom and pop shops. No. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a store called the Fantastic World of the Portuguese Sardine, and it, the pictures are pretty cool based on the New York are. Times article. I'd like to check it out. It looks kind of like. If Harry Potter made a sardine store, it would look like this, or like tinned fish store. Or something. It was kind of weird because. Like the M&M store, right? Yes. It's like, how could you make a whole store out of M&M's? They sell plush toys and t-shirts and sweatshirts. It's kind of like a big ad for M&M's. It's like, all right, I get it. But like Polish sardines were not on my radar. This Portuguese. Portuguese, sorry. <laughs> sorry to all the Polish people and the Portuguese people. I'm sorry to make that mistake. But Portuguese sardines were not something where I was like, oh, yeah, Portuguese sardines. Like even like a Portuguese roll I'm familiar with. But Portuguese sardines, I did not know were a thing until I was preparing for this podcast. Well, I'm excited about it. It also made me wonder if perhaps like the like the government of Portugal or like the tourism board of Portugal oh. like helps sponsor this. It's really good advertising Expensive for too. Portugal. Just to have a space yeah. there is, is is like at least high five figures. But like a month. if you you know, cuisine is a great way to discover a culture, as we yes. learned in Spain, thanks to United. Yes. And then you wanna go. And I have to say, I've been to Portugal and I had a great time. So I recommend it. It's really cool. Some really nice beaches. Did you eat any sardines there? 
No, but it had a lot of fish. It's a big fish place. It is. So sardines are also like cheap. It's like a good. It's hard to it's hard to order tin sardines in a place where regular seafood is readily available like, in br- that way. Yeah, like Branzino is like the go to love like, dinner in Portugal. Like, a would white you rather fish have like a Branzino with the bone in or filleted? I think filleted just for less work. But it is less work, but there's something about the bone in so experience cool. I kind of yeah. like. Yeah, bone in is really big in in uh, Lisbon. You should go there. Oh, All not. right, let's move on. Subway is launching a marketing gimmick where you can eat in the like gondola of a blimp. It can accommodate six people. I assume you have to have Subway if you're in the Subway blimp. Yeah, yeah. well, they have they have four new sort of freshly sliced sandwiches. There's not a Subway ad, not SponCon, and you get to taste all four. There's six people that can go in there. And I was thinking about the the great waterfall experience from last week. Sure, this is much better for me. I've never been in a blimp. I'd like to go in a blimp. Like you it would? Yeah, it doesn't have that like fear factor that like hot no. air balloon and skydiving has. Yeah, of course. I feel like, I mean, closed in a thing. It's it's like a vehicle, whereas a hot air balloon is like a like this is a, a glorified birthday balloon. You know yeah, what I mean? Like similar to going into a hot air balloon thing. Yeah, I don't like hot air balloons. It still feels like I could fall over the side. I feel like I, I could die pretty easily. Yeah, I feel like a blimp is definitely safer. You're not inside the blimp. You're in the gondola. I know how oh. blimps work. Okay. And I've well, like, com- why is that different than a hot air balloon? I just feel like it's just more contained. There's an engine involved. Okay. There's not just some guy. I control this with fire. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, I want to go higher. Like, what? You know what I mean? Oh, we got to go lower. Just do nothing. There's no brakes in this thing. Like, no, no. I like I like a, a steering wheel and an engine in, in my, my aeronautical vehicle. Sorry. Call me crazy. I just think you're making a lot of assumptions about how blimps work. I don't know how blimps work. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Well, here are the cities in which you could do this. Maybe you should go, Jacoby. You can report back but on this. It's far away. I looked to see if it was in New York. Kansas I clicked City, the link to see if I could get Atlanta, a spot. Atlanta, Orlando, Miami. Miami. That seems like you could make a day trip. Um, here's the thing. I don't. I haven't really been that aware of Subway branding of late, but I definitely did not associate it with this yellow and green print that is going to be all over the blimp that I'm what? looking at right right now. Oh, it's very. That's very much part of the, okay. the Subway aesthetic. Okay. Well, I was. I wasn't really aware of that, but. Do you remember Blimpies? Of course. The Subway, subway do you know, sandwiches. Do you know why I loved Blimpies? Because you went to it in college? No. They had a 6-inch and a 12-inch, like mm. Subway. But they had a 9-inch, which is perfect. It's like my slice-and-a-half pizza shop. You, Whenever I go to Subway, a 6-inch is not enough. Of course. But a 12-inch is just like, this Too is much. disgusting. Too much bread, yeah. And it just, they had an option at Blimpies that was perfect, the 9-inch. Okay, so Blimpies is called Blimpies. Blimp is in the name. Mm-hmm. And their branding looked exactly like this. And yes. I'm just like, what the fuck? Is Subway just trying to completely erase Blimpies from but the mind? If you are under 30, Blimpies was never part of the mind, so there's no erasure <laughs> necessary. <laughs> it still exists. I looked it up. There's still Blimpy locations that are active. That must be some franchisee who's like, it was like, it's it's hot. Corporate's closed. There's there's no longer like anybody that checks in every six months. Like that is a mom and pop Blimpy at this point. It's across the country. <laughs> Including in New York. So maybe we should go. Should we go check out Blimpies and see how, see how it is? Should that be our fall field trip? Yes. Because I think that would be fun. I was like, remember Blimpies when I saw this picture and I was just like pissed that Subway was stealing yes. Blimpies shine. Can I complain about the Subway Blimp for one second? First of all, I of would like to do this. I think it would be fun. I've never been to Blimp before in my whole entire life. You don't get a lot of opportunities. Oh, I was saying, let's go to a Blimpies sandwich No, shop. I understand. I understand oh. the difference. But yeah, you yeah, like I went, to, back, okay. I went back to the Subway one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they to make said sure. in the write-up that the Subway, this is a perfect opportunity to adorn the blimp like a sandwich. And they say they do that in the article, but there's a picture in the article of a blimp that just has subway words on it. It's a blimp that looks like it's from Blimpies. Yes. 
Or Subway, I guess. But it doesn't look like a sandwich. It has nothing to do with the sandwich. It should look like, like the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. Take a cue from that. Floating sandwich in the sky. Yeah, I just don't understand really anything having to do with this. Do you know why it's called this. Subway? Um, because it was in New York? Nope. No, I don't know. The sandwiches look like Subway cars. Oh. It's also why they're called grinders in New England where I'm from. Yes. So Subway, I'm assuming they're, I mean, again, just like the, the operation of blimps, I have no idea what I'm talking about. What's I'm a grinder? That, like what, like, a I grinder is just like a hero or a hoagie. But what is like, what does it look like? It looks like a hero or a hoagie, like a sandwich, just like every other sandwich in the world. But it's called a grinder because like a grinder is a big circular thing, like a, oh, like a rolling it. pin. That's what I was thing. asking. What a yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. like when you're like making yeah. cookies yeah, or yeah, pizza, yeah, yeah, pizza yeah. professional like you yes. would know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's a rolling pin, but regardless. Okay, cool. Let's yeah. move on. To blimpies. Um... We're going to go to Blimpies. No, we're not, for sure. Yeah, we are. It's in downtown Brooklyn. It's really oh, close. I'll go there. Yeah, it's yeah, on yeah, Willoughby Street. Oh, done. We can walk there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is going to oh, be great. Then we're definitely going to Blimpies. <laughs> Taste test. Yeah, exactly. All right. Oh, we can do, walk, do the pod, and then eat. Great. Love an efficient walk. Um, Giant, which is the... Uh, in... <laughs> sorry. I can't get over love an efficient walk. I do. Let's just, let's just let that line move on. <laughs> I do a lot of... I have to make a phone call, so I guess I'll walk to this place I, in that time. Dude, I've been doing lately. I read my book while I walk. Interesting. Yeah. Have you sat in dog shit yet? No. Okay. I mean, that sounds so different than being on your phone while you walk, which I also yeah, don't, don't recommend, but... I don't cross streets and stuff. I'm in like Central Park or like the... Wow, so you the, really love a... your book. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I lo- reading is fundamental. Tim Duncan taught me that a long time ago. Tim Duncan taught you that, okay? Remember those ads with Tim Duncan? The big fundamental? Reading is fundamental has been uh, long before you were born. I was exposed to reading is fundamental. Well, Tim Duncan brought it to me. Yeah. All right. Next. Um, in the Washington, D.C. area, Giant Food Stores. It's a grocery store chain. I think it is the same as Stop and Shop. It has the same logo, but it says Giant. Okay. But I just know my friend Claudia goes there and she lives in the D.C. area. Oh, I love Claudia. Claudia's the best. She um, is. Claudia will no longer be able to get some of her, um, like, like some of the name brand products she likes because in Giant, there's so much theft. They're going to stop carrying, like, Cerve and Avino because it's so popular. Mm. So, got to go elsewhere, Claudia. Um, This is, like, a really common trend, though. First of all, it made me think of the Grand from last week who was stealing on people's behalf. Oh, yeah. That that was fake. That did not happen. She did that once and made an article about it. But at many Dwayne Reeds across New York and it, and in Los Angeles, like at different uh, CVS, we're not, everything is behind a locked thing now because there's so much theft of toiletries. Yeah. It's just a problem. Have I told you that I just buy the ones that aren't behind the thing? This is like a, a genius ploy. That's what's happening at Giant. A genius ploy to move more items if you make deodorant is I'll, I'll try to buy a, a deodorant brand. It'll be behind the thing and there'll be a couple that aren't behind the thing. I just feel like, I'm not going to wait for someone to come over here. I'll just get a, a deodorant yeah. brand that I don't even like. Giant is stocking their stores, the store yes. brand. And I think a lot of this also has to do with self-checkout too. Definitely, yes. Self-checkout. Have you intentionally or unintentionally Stolen? not paid for something for self-checkout? No. Never once? I don't think so. I had trouble scanning an item one time and I was like, listen, this is, I've tried four times. Like, I'm just putting this thing in the bag. (laughs) The weight thing didn't go off? No. Interesting. Cause, yeah, I mean, those, that it's a really tyrannical scale. Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Let's move on. One last item, which is another future taste test. Um, Craft. That's not going to be a future taste test. It is for me. I'll report back. They are making mac and cheese gummies, gummy candy. But they're not. There. Remember they made those mac and cheese truffles? Yes. And we ate them? Yes. Those tasted like cheese. These taste like fruit. They're fruit flavored. They just look like mac and cheese, but they're fruit flavored. I wish they taste like mac and cheese. They don't. Why would... What, what, and they're like, send it as a gag gift. $15 they want for this. 
I'll, if I want, like, what's the point of this? I would be less mad upon receiving this than I am when I receive a candle that smells like one of my favorite foods. And I'm like, well, fuck this. I just want to eat it now. Yes. <laughs> So send me this and don't send me a candle. All right, let's move on to today's taste test, Jacoby. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. We're doing two quick ones. One is a food news follow-up. Last week, we spoke about the Sweet Green and Siete collaboration of the potato chips with a hint of green goddess ranch. I had a friend text me to be like, I can't believe you've never heard of these chips. So we might be behind the times, but maybe we are. But I'm, I'm not a big a sweet shot. green person. I was there today. You know, they look very like they remind me of that old school brand that are like dirty chips or whatever. Yeah, that works. I mean, they're potato chips. That's not bad. It tastes like ranch. I'm just not in the mood for this right now. Mm, it tastes like a dill pickle to me. It's fine. If you're at sweet green and you 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 had the discipline to get a salad. Don't get potato chips as a side. Like you've 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 done yourself the service of getting a salad instead of a burger or a or a, a blimpy sandwich or whatever. Just don't get the chips there. You don't think this tastes like dill pickle chips? You ever had those? No, not at all. But I love dill pickle chips. Uh, I don't like these. I'm sorry. It's like a bad version of a ranch chip. Let's just move on. This much more exciting. Always in the mood for this dessert. What, what is it? These are M and M's. 
Now, we've discussed at length. Juliet already has her hand out open to receive the m and I've been waiting for a sweet for like an hour. Okay. <laughs> Stand by. I'm going to make you wait a little bit longer. <laughs> my, my hand remains unmoved. Yes. Now, we discussed peanut butter M&Ms versus peanut M&Ms. Classic. Pretzel M&Ms. The ones with the Nestle Crunch in the middle M&Ms. We've had a lot of different ones. Yeah. But this I've never seen before. And I got this from a newsstand, which is a bit of a dying thing. They're kind of like the payphone of the bodega industry because no one buys newspapers. Caramel M&Ms, those exist. But these are caramel cold brew. Juliet, do you like desserts? Love. Do you like iced coffee? Love. Let's try this. I don't love caramel. I'm going to be honest about that. I know that. you don't love cold brew either, but whatever. It's a bit of a reach. I just accidentally gave her six. I I'll promise eating she's all. eating all six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. She's going first. Hmm. Ooh. Hmm. Huh. Wow, she's got it. She's really considering this. I like it. It tastes like coffee ice cream. Nope. Do not like it. Do you think it tastes like coffee ice cream? Nope. It, it tastes like a liqueur. Mm. It tastes like a little bit of a caramel in a Kahlua. It's got like an alcohol vibe to it. And the problem with this product is, like I said, like my pistachio ice cream theory, Right next to this product are going to be peanut M's, peanut butter M's, and regular M&M's. So why would you ever get the caramel cold brew ones unless you're listening to this podcast and we were like, these are amazing. Make sure you get these. I do not recommend these. Um, I have some counterpoints. I like the texture. Um, I like that it's like a longer bite than some other M&M's. So it's like, it takes you like- They're the size of peanut M&M's. Yeah. And it takes you a little bit longer to get through it. Yes. It's also a fairly complex taste for a mere M&M. Flavor, flavor comes in waves. Yeah, which I also appreciate. And I think it's just like a, it's a different experience. Like if you're looking just for an M&M's, get M&M's. But if you want to try something mm. different, that's like, so if it, it kind of tastes higher end in a way. It's kind of like a fancier Dude, chocolate. I was going to say, this tastes like a, a Valentine's Day box of chocolates, but like you lost the key that says which one's which. And this was like a, a caramel <laughs> coffee one. Yeah, I like it. I don't love it. I'm not choosing it above the other options. But in I the am M&M choosing it above family. caramel. Straight caramel, I prefer this for sure. That's fair. I like the caramel ones too, but I like these better. I like caramel more in M&M's than like in any other way. I don't really like caramel. Oh, do you know what I like? Rolos? No, really old school candy. Mm. Um, they're coming the horsetails, but usually they're individually sold. The caramel, dry caramel on the outside with that weird cream powder film in the middle. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You pull on both ends and they twist open. Uh-huh. That thing is delicious to me. That's a real like gas station snack. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And like you, if they, it's very new they England. probably still sell ones now from like 1995 and they are the same product. Absolutely. Oh God, those are good. All right. Personal food news time. Let's go. Do you have the hiccups? No, I had a burp because I've been drinking La Croix. Okay. Uh, very bubbly. Um, my personal food news is I started watching The Bear. Oh, yes, chef. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the Bear is a classic example of like, I know this is really popular, but like, I don't want to be a part of the discourse. So I'm going to wait for it to end. But first of all, there's no classic example of that. It's a classic meme. <laughs> okay, thank you. I was going to say, like, usually when someone says classic example, it's like a objectively performed thing. Sure. It's something that I do often with yes. books. Um, I've started watching it and um, it every episode so far has made me want to have um, the pastry chef's pastries. The donuts, oh. the cake. I'm still in season one, so no spoilers, but... Oh, what's his name, Leo? I forgot his name. Uh, I don't know anyone's name except for Richie, played by Eben Moss Bacharach. Who, who you know, it's only the story, right? No. I went to high school with him. Oh, cool. He's a friend of mine. Cool. He's the best. Eben Moss Bacharach. He was on my soccer team. That makes sense. He was on Cape Cod this weekend, so he's a Massachusetts guy. Yeah. Cool. 
Um, Western Mass, very different. Yeah, of course. But same state. 413 for life. Yeah. Um, well, 917 for life. I'm from New York. Uh, anyway, that's my personal food news. And it's your turn. I'm excited that you're watching The Bear. And um, I found season two to be much more enjoyable than season one. So that you've got that ahead of you. It's stressful. I can't watch more than two at a time. Oh, it's never not stressful. The stress level never goes down. But it's very, there's a lot of content right now where I'm like, this is stressful. Do I like this? And I have to like think about it for a while. Carry on, your turn. Um, I drink a lot of water. I sweat a lot and I pee a lot. So I need to hydrate a lot, right? So this You've is, learned a lot this, about your prostate today. Yes, this, <laughs> gross. There's a lot of just like liquid coming in. So I drink a lot of water. I'm a water drinking guy. Um, and at the checkout at my local key food by the checkout place, they Two have, minutes. um, those little tiny, like water additive liquids. Mm-hmm. So Mio is one that I got. There's a Kool-Aid one that I got. Zero calories. Kool-Aid. You squirt a little bit into your water and it just makes your water taste like something. And like there's zero calories, like the Kool-Aid tropical punch, zero calories, but. So you're literally drinking the Kool-Aid. Yes. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid on this, and it's kind of like wheels on suitcases. Like, why haven't I not been doing this my whole life? So I carry some in my backpack. So when I get a bottle of water, squirt a little bit of that in there, it just makes it more fun. More drinkable, more fun, tastes better. There's some vitamins in there, too. Like, why not? Cool. I offered it to a colleague one time who was drinking a bottle of water. I was like, let me kick that up a notch. Let me help you. And he refused. I would refuse as well. That's what I want to say. I want to be like, why not make your water better? Because... It has a very, like, unnatural taste, those things, usually. It does. And so if you're you're not looking for that, then it doesn't make your water better. But it's better than water, which tastes like air. I don't agree. Sometimes water is really refreshing. When was the last time you tried to enhance your water with a little liquid flavor? Uh, Well, I'm a big liquid IV user, so it's powder. It's not the same, but it's powder. Oh, liquid IV? I love liquid IV. Oh, the electrolyte stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love those, too. I love it. Because I sweat a lot. Yeah, I use it. And so yesterday, I went for a really long walk around Prospect Park, and it looked like I had run a marathon because it was so hot, and I, too, sweat a lot. Yes. And I was like, well, I need to have liquid IV immediately. So I I do it all the time. It's 15 calories. It's not zero. Mine's called Ultima, the one one that I use, and it's a great product. Yeah, I love liquid IV as well. I will say I got it for free because it it sponsored Bachelor Party, but now I buy it because I just really like it. Yeah, I really like it. Yes. Using pineapple is my flavor. But you prefer that over water. When I feel like I really need to hydrate. Not always. Not always. I always prefer flavored water over water. But like, I like a lot of that stuff. I mean, I'm I'm definitely a liquid IV girl now, but Mm -hmm. you know, I I support all of it. Shout out to liquid IV. Can you bring some next week? Can I try it? Oh, sure. That's a great taste test. I would love to. I'll try yours. You try mine. Done. Awesome. We're going to Blimpy. We're getting liquid IVs. You have a big fall. I want to get get really hung over and do an actual IV one time. I've never done that. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Food News Bender followed by Food News IV. Exactly. (laughs) All right, we're out of time, but let's listen to one listener. Hi, Julia and Jacoby. This is Lindley in Atlanta. I'm in the car with my three daughters, and we were discussing the latest pod, and my oldest daughter, Sadie, mentioned that there are cheese caves in America hiding 1.2 billion pounds of cheese, and we wanted to get your take on this. Um, Also, Juliet, I heard you talk about your bat mitzvah on one of Bill's pods, and I wanted to know your guys' favorite bat mitzvah appetizers. Uh, love the pod, Juliet, big fan, and have a great day, guys. And hi, Jacoby. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, I um, I'm still I'm still processing. First of all, she must have known that we were going to cover the cheese caves today. There's there's 1.2 billion dollars. Can we fact check this billion dollars worth of cheese just in a, in a cheese cheese caves around the country? I mean, that's what Sadie said. Is it abandoned or is it like a plan? It's a, it's the food surplus um, that is following up on last week's wine surplus. Oh, and it's real. 
I just Googled it. It is very, very real. But wow. Apparently, it's in a lot in Missouri. So perhaps you can go check it out and get on the blimp. Come at least yeah, the city. Boom. <laughs> Bang two things out in one day. Great stuff. We'll dive in deeper into that. Thank you for letting us know, Sadie. Yes. No, Sadie, Sadie's the daughter. Yeah, I know. She's the, the, the eldest daughter. Yeah. She said it in the car. So appreciate it. Um, best bat mitzvah food is obviously pigs in a blanket. Oh, now, isn't it bagels that our producer brings from a different state? <laughs> If you have Mike Wargon coming to your bat mitzvah, that's then obviously it, number then one. That it's, then it's uh, his bagels. Pigs in a blanket. I think pigs in a blanket. I would be able to get over the pictures of the hot dog spill on the on the side really? on the highway to be able to indulge in that. There's something about the combo of puff pastry and cocktail frank that is just unbeatable. It needs mustard. I don't need anything. Really? Yeah. You're crazy. So crazy. If you want to be like Sadie and appear on our pod next week, what number do you call? 646-STU-138. Thanks so much to our producer, Mike Wargon, and we'll be back next week. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.